Welcome to the Brand Ambassadors, your wide-angle look at the field of PR and what it means for your company. Your host is Merritt Hamilton Allen with co-host Gary Potterfield. Every firm has a compelling narrative that sets them apart from the crowd. In your company, you can use your own background and storytelling to your advantage as well as that of your business. Now, here are your hosts, Merritt Hamilton Allen and Gary Potterfield. Good morning. I'm Merritt Hamilton Allen, joined by Gary Potterfield. You're listening to the Brand Ambassadors, and I'm going to start with a joke. And after uh, sharing some jokes with uh, Aaron and Gary before the show started, I think everyone is on pins and needles whether this will be appropriate or not. Okay. The past, the present, and the future walk into a bar. The bartender says, this is a tense situation. Bum, 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 bum. That was good. Yeah. That was good. And and in in 2019, it's an innocuous joke. Do you know how hard it is to find a joke that doesn't offend people? 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 No, that's right. That's right. You'd be kicked off campus. Well, it seems like, yeah, it's like the internet gets meaner and meaner and college campuses get um, snowflakier and snowflakier. Wimpier and wimpier. Right. Oh, man. That's right. Yeah, I think it you know it used to be that you know the that was like the hotbed of like you know radical ideas and and uh, you know you know all kinds of just you know just this exchange of 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 everything from you know soup to nuts but uh, now it's just nuts. <laughs> <laughs> no so, more soup. So I mean and this is you know this has been simmering the whole academic uh, backlash against conservatives. I mean, this has been simmering for over 60 years. Uh, William F. Buckley started it. Mm. That son of a gun. Um, so uh, Buckley starts it. And then last night, in kind of, um, I think, a, another populist rush, uh, the president signed an executive order kind of <clears throat> addressing that. Sort of, yeah. Um yeah, I don't know what the, I mean. Well, of course, you know, at first, I, when I first saw the headline of it, it was like, "Well, what, you can't stop. You can't. Inf- you can't force people to to uh, agree to free speech." Although we all would, I would love yeah, it. Yeah. Well, what's the executive order precisely again? I think it's. Uh, uh, well, see, I don't have it in front of me right now. I'm. I just told you this morning. So this executive order. Anyway, no, it's basically it's withholding. You know, using the his ability to withhold federal funds to universities um, if they don't um, enforce or. Uh, is it enforce or is it allow for free speech? Right, uh, and I think, I, and he's taking on safe spaces, trigger warnings, that yeah. sort of thing, which, which I'm, I agree, yeah, is kind of nutsy. Yeah, it, it's the whole thing is just so um, difficult because you know I don't like the idea of uh, uh, you know the, the president strong arming universities. Right, I don't, like, I don't yeah. like that. Yeah, I, I, I feel like the reaction to this um, super waffly, safe space mindset on campus really is not a jackboot across the neck. That seems yeah. like a that seems like a bad reaction. You know, taking the other side of it, the, you know, it, it, it's got to be a it's got to be tough for uh, young people who happen to be conservative or uh, who do, or who happen even if they're liberal if they don't follow I mean it, it's not necessarily anymore mm-hmm. about liberal and conservative. I was a you know I was listening to. Um, there's a guy. What was his name now? He was uh, for a lifelong Marxist professor, and um, I'm sure he was tenured. <laughs> oh yeah, 
<laughs> but but the thing is, no, he's a, he's a lifelong Marxist, and he came out with an anonymous blog that was just saying all this safe space stuff. It just we, we got to this is silly, uh-huh. and they just just went all over him. They went crazy on him. Basically, he was ostracized. He uh-huh. was ostracized, and uh-huh. he's like, and then, so it made him rethink everything. Uh-huh. And uh, of course, this is what I part I love. It turned him into a libertarian. <laughs> <laughs> That's a beautiful story, Gary. <laughs> I thought it was a beautiful story. But he, after a whole lifetime, this guy's in his 50s. And he's like going, what the hell? You know, because he said, it just you know, if you have a worldview, and that's the thing that worries, troubling about the school thing is that, you know, young people, impressionable young people, and they go in, if you don't have a, the idea, you'd think, it used to be you bring mm-hmm. your, you send your kids to college, that they were going to expand their mind mm-hmm. and have the at least being exposed to different things. You know, in my case, weirdly, m- my expansion came at the Defense Information School. It was it's weird, but I had so many different people from all over the country of just different values, mm-hmm. different viewpoints, and that that was my exposure to it. Um, but it should have been you know a collegiate thing. Is that happening anymore? So I mean, the president's reaction is one thing. What's really going on on campus is, uh, you know, I don't know what the right answer is. Well, you know, and I'm still, um, I have donated precisely zero dollars to my alma mater, largely because of events um, my last year. Um, My senior year was the start of the first Gulf War. And, you know, I'm in ROTC, but I'm in Navy ROTC. So I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe I'll go on a ship that should give missile. Oh, no, wait, it's 1991. Women don't serve on those ships. So, yeah, this really doesn't affect me. They took away your ability to go shoot a missile. That wasn't right. Yeah, so, um, uh, you know, it it was not affecting me hugely. And also, because it seemed like it was going to be a very short-term thing, uh, even the Marines in my ROTC unit were going to go to a year of school before they went anywhere. So we were kind of intrigued but didn't feel terribly impacted. Well, first day, second semester of my senior year, uh, professors who are clergy, because I'm at a Catholic school, start handing out conscientious objector forms. And, you know, when when I was 20, I I was not as nuanced and sophisticated as I am today. (laughs) I was a lot blunter. And my reaction, and I I called out uh, one of the professors and said, you know, we we haven't had a draft since 1975. (laughs) And we've invaded other stuff since 1975 with the military we have. That's why you've got us sitting here in uniform because we're like volunteers. So I really think you're okay. And he he said, well, I question. And then, then it was the whole, I question whether a Catholic university should have ROTC because what we're doing is tr- we're training you to become killers. Hmm. And I'm like, <clears throat> if I'd known how my career was going to pan out, let's just say that um, my Navy career was so non-combat hmm. It's it's not even funny. Well, you were a Dinfos trained killer. That's right. I was a Dinfos trained killer. But we actually um, uh, had a new ROTC building being donated because our it, it was kind of cool. Our old ROTC building was the original from the forties, and uh, before ROTC, it was the Navy V one program for aviation cadets that um, uh, kept Notre Dame open because it was an all men's school at the time. Mm. So we were in that kind of historic yet really crappy building, and so we're getting this new ROTC building, and being Notre Dame, we were going to have a mass to celebrate and bless the opening of it. And the day before, word came down from the administration building, don't wear your uniform. Uh, to the ROTC building? To, to the mass. To the mass. Yeah, to, uh, but, but for yeah. the ROTC yeah. don't, building. Don't wear your uniform. It will upset students. And 
then I just, yeah, I, um, I kind of lost my tiny 20-year-old mind, and um, Notre Dame's been kind of dead to me since then. Oh, I, I get a kick out of the fact that you weren't as you, you were blunter then than now. This is that's hard. To, I'm trying to imagine it. <laughs> I know. I'm just. I'm, I'm so mature and sophisticated. It's not even funny. <laughs> Speaking of the, uh, the college thing and, and donating, uh, I got a call last evening and didn't have time to, to have the discussion. But it was a 202 number, so mm-hmm. I said this may be work, and uh, I should have right then turned it off. But no, um, it, it was. Uh, it was, hi, this is uh, so-and-so. This is Mr. Potterfield? Yes. And it was a young voice, female. Hi, this is whoever she was from uh, the university and uh, American. And um, just wanted to sit there and make sure we have the right inf- contact information for you and uh, ask you, you know, a few questions about your experiences. I'm like, I felt like, like you, you can cut through the chase. Let's get to the point. We know what the point is. You want money. Yeah, I mean, and let, let's think about just culturally what universities have become in the last 50 years and to me they're money factories merits view only squeezing as much tuition as they can out of everybody so if you graduate in four years whatever if you can pay tuition for six that's so much cooler and um i I think a willingness to cave over any controversy yeah oh my gosh i just yeah it wouldn't it be nice if there was a school that was just that i mean i would it's, it's like, you, can you find one that allows for all viewpoints? I don't think you can. I mean, because there, you know, there's that small handful of conservative, uh-huh. usually religiously conservative, uh-huh. you know, uh, schools, and then the greater number that are on on the liberal side. But do you find any of the words where it's like, no, that's cool. You feel that that way? That's cool. I mean, that's the thing about the free speech thing. Whatever the president's doing. You know, he's he's looking out for he's, he's he's I think he's coming from a very specific point of view. But, you know, wouldn't it be cool if a, if a student could, you know, say whatever crazy thing, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not have it be termed, you know, hate speech or some other kind of thing like that. So, well, that, I, and I also think um, even though um, I'm still nursing uh, almost a 30 year grudge, um, and it's just me being cheap. Let's be clear. <laughs> I was never that big a football fan. So uh, you still watch them, though. When Yeah. 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 So yeah. you're not that. You come yeah. on. Yeah. Anyway, I, I have a ring and stuff. But the um, uh, to me, that the thing is, I think having your world view challenged when you're 20 is a pretty good idea. I think it's a great idea. And um, I can still think I'm right, but I think it's I think it's very healthy for young people to get exposed to ideas that they haven't been raised with, and then they have to really think about their choices right. and decide what they are. Yeah. No. And um, I, I think that's the thing is that I mean if. Um, my worldview, I mean, I think it keeps changing as, as I get older. I mean, it's changed I mean, over the past, uh, you know, 15, 20 years, two or three different times. Not fundamentally, not completely, but mm-hmm. certain things that I held a belief to. And then I'm like, wow, I'm just wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just wrong. And and uh, I think that that makes me feel uh, that makes me feel younger maybe than I am. Is And and that's for me, it's a good feeling. You know, when, mm-hmm. when, when you have a view and you, and you go and, and you hold to it and then something comes up that says, oh, maybe I'm wrong. And it's amazing when you have that switch, um, suddenly, I don't know, it's just really liberating. You know, um, you feel so constricted when you have a, 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 I mean, I'm pretty dogmatic in my views, but, but they change. So anyway, so it means I'm not always right. I'm usually right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, and there's something I've been saying on New Mexico in Focus, because um, we saw 
uh, New Mexico really polarize. Um, blue, 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 red, 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 no one in the middle. And I maintain everybody's in the middle. Mm. Real people. Yeah, real people. The voters are in the middle. And right. so how did we get so polarized? Uh, you know, this thing, this thing I'm pointing out that no one can see. The internet and uh, and and uh, the ability to just say all kinds of crap without any uh, you know, without any feedback. Right. Um, and and so that and that's the crazy thing where you see people that you're friends with and then you see them online and you're like, what's going on? And then, uh, true friendships can get screwed up. But then you see these people like that, and then you meet you meet up with them again, and uh, and you realize, no, you're all okay. So I just man, if we could. I don't know what we can do about it, but uh, we're not going to do anything about it for the next uh, three minutes or so. That's right. It's time to go to break. It's time to go to break. You listen to the brand ambassadors. Uh, Merritt is in town. She's in D.C. Well, sort of D.C., just south of D.C. Uh, greater D.C. metro area. Greater, or, or worser. One or the other. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program 
Welcome back to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Merritt Hamilton Allen, joined by Gary Potterfield, and we're talking about free speech on campus. Yes, we are. In general, I'm for it. You know, I was thinking. I was thinking before the show started that we should like fr- we should say, "Hey, it's like you know, freewheeling Fridays, whatever we're going to talk about on Fridays." And I realized we're, we're only on on Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the president did his thing and, and, and the executive order and uh, and to, to potentially withhold funds and and we're discussing if that's a, a you know a smart uh, use of, of his of his authority, um, but on the other side of it, yeah, it would it would be nice to to to, to be able to feel uh, your children or yourself uh, w- had the freedom to explore and learn about things without fear of. You know, so that's the funny thing. They talk about talk about safe spaces, but. Should, the whole campus should be a safe space for whatever the hell you want to believe. Right, right. That's the problem. Right, but also I think we've got to uh, raise kids to understand their other points of view. Right. Yeah. Well, well, that's you know I gotta say that's hard though you know because the parent you know how what parent how many parents are gonna sit there and say now um, here's what I believe now you know I you know I have said that to my girls but. But do we explore it enough to sit there and go, here's what I believe, but here's this other idea. And it's mm-hmm. hard not to give your opinion and say, here's, you know, yeah, I think you should believe anything you want. But that's crap right there. I'll tell you that. Well, I, I'll tell you one way to keep your mind fresh on these things. Like, totally, when you get married, try and find someone whose um, uh, uh, fiscal and monetary policy stances are 180 degrees from your own. <laughs> 25 years into to. it, and yeah, I got a, I got a husband who uh, wants government to spend and tax, and yeah. God love him. <laughs> See, there you go. That gives you something to discuss, or do you ignore? Is it is it something you two guys talk about? I've always, or do you something you say, or do you say, let's not talk about that? Um, you know, uh, we have we've built pretty good um, ground rules. For discussing mm. policy, because I know where he's coming from, and he's a really smart guy. I yeah, he is a otherwise. very smart guy. And I, I feel like I'm um, uh, reasonably nuanced in my approach in my 40s, and we, we just don't see it. And it, it's a faith. He, he comes from a very deep-seated faith that government works. I mean, mm. his dad uh, got electricity as a kid because of uh, the New Deal. So... That's a mindset, and that's how his uh, family sees government as beneficent. Now, of course, um, I feel very, very differently, and I don't want a lot of government in my life. Uh, not to the point that you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm somewhere, but well, I'm somewhere closer to you, I think, uh, uh, politically than Daryl. But from an economics economic perspective, I feel I think that markets ha- markets have to be free. Well, for me, it always you know there's from from that aspect, it's you know. Looking at it from a libertarian point of view, it's the it's the it's the you know, is it is it utilitarian or are you coming from a utilitarian point of view or, or a philosophical one? For me, I was when I was young, I was it was never I didn't even couldn't even think of the utilitarian aspect of it. it was just it just felt to me that it wasn't right for anybody to tell anybody else how to live. You know that was my that was, it was a very simple basic th- thought. So so I think it it, it comes down to so. You know, looking at Daryl's point of view about you know the, the the and the New Deal helping his his, his father get electricity, it, it certainly makes sense. But then I get to the point of golly, is it you know is it right to impose on on people? That's that that's where I have the problem. Right, and I know and I know on both sides of the political spectrum, there are parents who really think it's best for their kids never to be exposed to an opposing view. Right. 
Yeah, that's going to raise real healthy. But I mean, that, that's what that, that that's what happens in the world. And that, that that's a thought too. It's interesting, I think. Um, and that's a, so. The idea of uh, with public education for for for, for you know uh, the, the you know K through twelve, um, where they, they you know the, the the government view is hey we got to expose them to more views. It's, you know what if the parents have this really restrictive view and don't expose their children. Well, wait a minute. They're going to go home at night. I mean, after school. I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me. I think you know the role is of the parents to make those decisions about as much as you know. And some parents are really bad, mm-hmm. you know. But I'd rather have mom and dad. You know, they're the ones who care more than anybody else about what their kids are going to learn. But um, yeah, it uh, it is rare. Uh, I th- sadly uh, to find parents that are going to say, yeah, what do you, what do you think you need to believe? You know, I don't know. I think it's interesting that um, uh, just the nature of growing up today, and you think about all the information that kids are exposed to, and I touched on this uh, earlier when I brought this up, I feel like through the internet, through um, the digital revolution, children can be far more cruel than they've ever been before. Oh, goodness gracious, yeah. Well, you, we see it literally to the point of, you know, causing people to, causing young people to yeah, uh, to, to commit suicide and, you know, cyberbullying and all that kind of crazy stuff. And, and at the same time, we kind of treat, I feel like we treat undergraduate um, uh, academics as kind of the, okay, you go here and grow up. You're going to go here for four to six years and you're going to grow up and be a functional adult and we're going to let the university raise you. Boy, that's a scary thought. <laughs> that is a scary thought. I actually think you know. I, I mean, I think that the the healthy. I think the healthier from from both from a pure academics and learning things that are useful tools in life. The, you know, the the community colleges and junior colleges do a better job than universities. Oh, I agree. Because they're so clearly focused. You know, uh, we're, you're here to learn this thing here. Mm-hmm. You know. And uh, and then you, a lot of the the you know the the professors the associate professors they're, they're mostly adjunct people a lot of them are adjuncts you know uh-huh. or doing something else doing a real job right I, I just, that's 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 sounds pejorative I don't mean that being a teacher is not a real job I loved teaching when I was at, at Denfo Defense Information School but they're an industry yeah right they're an in, and and so and and so um, I found that really uh, you know a, a great thing maybe. How do you, you know, how do you combine those two things? And that's, the, you know, in this day and age, yeah, send your kids off for four years and, and say, um, and, and tell the university to, to form my young, my child's opinions. Ooh. I, I, well, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think parents go, I, I think it's kind of, uh, it's more, a little more subtle than right, that. Right, it just happens. Yeah, it's just like, well, okay, you're going to graduate from high school, you will go to college, and then we expect you to be a functioning adult when you come out. Right, right. Well, and we talked last week about the, you know, the, because of the, the, you know, the, the controversy on the, the academic, the admissions thing, but that, you know, what is the role anymore? What is, in, in 2019, the, the university, the college what is its real purpose now? Right. And I don't know what the right answer is. Right. You know? I, I think uh, definitely uh, skilled trades, uh, we need to see more of that. And I, and I think that's where community colleges and junior colleges and some charter schools are mm. stepping up. I love the charter school idea. Me too. Just such a, I mean, I mean, when you take, if you take a, a you know, that, that, a, that a parent can say, I have the ability to do something to so you know to actually get my child an education. That's where it comes, mm-hmm. you know, those first years. Um, 
you know, K through 12. Oh, and, uh, you know, and I, I think charter schools get a bad rap. Um, they certainly do um, in New Mexico, where the legislature really tried to shut them down this year. They tried to just put a cap on any more charter school charters. And given the um, abysmal performance of our public schools in the state, I think that's a real shame. But there's a perception that charter schools are only um, a red state, Republican side of the aisle, elite mindset. And there's a great charter school in my hometown of Silver City, the Aldo Leopold uh, Charter School, because Silver City uh, is at the edge of the nation's largest wilderness, it's completely focused on the environment, nature, and conservation. Mm. Um, that's pretty cool for kids who grow up in it to also have a fully um, accredited curriculum that also um, really celebrates that and teaches them what careers in conservation um, and forestry are like. There, there was a, um, I wish I could remember her name, but there was a woman in Chicago back in the uh, late 70s, early 80s, who uh, started her own school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she, you know, the inner city kids who, you know, didn't have a good, and then their parents said, we want this. And the, 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 the tuition had to be next to nothing because she was, you know, and, but she was, she had them like in an apartment building, you know, wasn't a code, wasn't all. And, yeah. and so, you know, all the different things and they shut her down and you're like, what the heck, you know, she's just trying to get, help kids, you know, get ahead, learn. Mm-hmm. And regulation stepped in and made it impossible. So that bothers me. That, that's the kind of thing where you go, why can't we just allow for good things to happen? Mm-hmm. You know, I bet you in, in D.C., I bet you there'd be lots of moms and dads that would say, I want my kid to learn something. You know, I want them to be able to actually graduate from high school and be and have what and, and not feel and feel safe. Be able to get a job or go to school right. or join the military or Whatever, do something. Do something. And, and uh, instead, um, uh, the system, uh, yeah, it makes it so difficult. And then even if, if, forget about inner city, even if just in regular school these days, it's I think it's harder and harder for them to, you know, to, to just to learn the basics because it's so there's so much going on now that you know they have to sit I think what, what I think is it's, it's you know it's just a, it's just a millimeter deep anymore it's so broad what they're trying to teach these you know for us it was the reading writing arithmetic stuff yeah uh, I, I wish um, uh, and this will uh, bring joy to your libertarian heart I, I do think having a cabinet level Department of Education is a mistake and here's why you can't um, dictate a specific curriculum for the hundreds of millions of kids in this country and the different regions and the different backgrounds. And I do think that should be left up to states and localities to determine the best way to educate their children. And if the federal government wanted to determine a way um, uh, to give some schools some independence, but also authorize federal funding for certain programs, Mm -hmm. I'm for that. But uh, I, I feel like no child left behind and whatever it is now race to I think it's race to the tops, whatever it is. Uh, it, it, to me, it's the, it's the most messed up program um, that has impacted our public schools in the last 20 years. And it was started by Bush and continued by Obama. So everybody's to blame for it. <laughs> right, right. Well, at least they can share the blame. No, I agree. I, yeah. It, you look at things like that and you're like, what the heck? It's, it's just, you know, so, most of the time, the good stuff, in my opinion, the good stuff happens organically. You know, it's mm-hmm. going to be at the local level where what's best for my what's best for my kids, and uh, so uh, and then look what we do. I mean, um, when 
the first thing you do is when you move into a new neighborhood, new places, like what are the schools? You check out the schools. You know, what's the schools are going to be like? And uh, anyway, we could go on and on and on. But we're going to go to break again. Uh, on this Friday edition of every, every it's always a Friday it's edition. It's always a Friday edition. That's right. Every day's Friday, as long as seven <laughs> days a week. Listen to the Brand Ambassadors, Gary Potterfield, Merritt Hamilton, Allen, and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program Welcome back to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Gary Potterfield, along with Merritt Hamilton Allen. We're talking about um, free speech stuff. And uh, so if you've, if you've got some great great comment that agrees with everything we're saying, then please give us a call. That's the type of free speech yeah. I want to hear. That's right. If it, if it supports our point of view, whatever our point of view is, since it, all, it kind of rambles all over the map, um, yeah, send us, send, send us a, a note. Um, you know, it just... I'm having a hard time grasping why, how this happened, how, you know, how it happened that 
free speech wasn't looked upon as a great thing. You know, it it's no longer looked upon as a positive. And that America, I always thought it was America's thing about you know freedom and free speech. And it seems to me now that, uh, that we're getting young people to think, no, 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 that's that's not good. You know, right. Right, and that and allowing free speech allows um, people who say horrible things to say horrible things. Right, yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, you, uh, that um, that whole uh, who who came up with that? What was that? The, the line about the you know uh, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't uh, Ben Franklin or anybody that you know I I don't agree with what you say, but I support your you know the you know your your right to say it or whatever the hell it is. Um, that's a, that that concept is long gone. Well, you know. And that gets to the point of, um, here's a tricky one. What about hate speech? And how do we define it? Well, and I think part of the problem with hate speech is um, because of our current media age, we tend to uh, pick up on it and promote it far more than it should have been. Because if someone says something really shocking, well, that's news and they're a terrible person. So then we create victims and we create perpetrators and everybody picks a side and suddenly some nutbag has a national forum who has no business having one because they're a nutbag. Right, right, right. Um, the other thing that's troubling about the whole the idea of hate speech is that it used to be, if if you heard about hate speech, you know you were you were you were expecting to hear you know um, you know you were expecting to hear a uh, you know Hitler kind of a right. thing. Um, and now it's like the the, the 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 bar is lowered, 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 lowered. Well, that's right. hate speech. No, it's not. It's just it's uh, maybe it it's unpleasant be, speech or dumb speech. Dumb speech. Yeah, it's, it's, there should be a law against dumb, dumb speech. speech. <laughs> that's right. Um, but yeah, once you start trying to and and and, and you know not even at the uh, governmental level, but at the at the academic level, once you start trying to stop speech, mm-hmm. you know, I think you you know. You, I, I wouldn't even think you'd win the battle, but you're definitely going to lose the war. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're and and I think that the you know the university, the, you know, a lot of things about universities who they're going to allow to speak on campus, who they're not going to allow. It used to be, boy, crazy folks would be on. Now now it's uh, you know no, we can't let that person because it's going to offend somebody. What the heck, you know? Right, right. I mean, then and that's the age where you need to learn. To me, a big social skill for adulthood is learning how to be offended and manage it. Mm, right, right. Right. Uh, yeah. So, and, and again, it goes back to the age we're in that you're saying, and, and is that uh, we, we can't have those conversations where you go, well, you know, hear someone say something, you go, I think that's just a crazy idea. But it's okay to say, I think that's a crazy idea civ- with civility. Mm-hmm. And that's just not what's happening. Right. Yeah. So, anyway. No, it's... Um uh, it, it's uh, definitely a polarizing, I think, sometimes conversation because... Uh, we've also, not just with the digital age, just from a tolerance perspective, um, I think the country's gone a long way where it should with regard to tolerance of different lifestyles of different um, uh, uh, of different genders. Right. I mean, we have a lot of different genders now. We, we certainly do. And, uh, and well, 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 you know, we don't. I only have one. Okay. Well, yeah, but as uh, there are there are more than two genders uh, in the U.S. right now, and it I, I think it makes some uh, there are some serious um, questions about say high school athletics kind of deciding what yeah gender. well that's a big one that's that's a big one but Martina Navratilova got in a lot of hot water when she was making her comments about that 
And but uh, you know, and the but the other uh, the other element is you know we we need a, a level playing field, and so maybe we just have more divisions, you know. Because <laughs> you know, right. to me, it's not going to go away. The NC, how was it? Was it I'm trying to think of some some NC double A would be more than double A, you know, with the, you know the the non-binary league. Yeah. I don't know, you know, it, it sounds like poking fun, but it's kind of, I, for the very first time, when I was um, signing up for some physical therapy, I think it was for physical therapy, it might have been my vision, whatever the hell is going wrong with me, um, it had asked, in the questionnaire, it asked me the gender, mm-hmm. and then it asked what, was, what, my, what, my, what I was assigned at at birth. That's the first time I've seen that. You know, like, wow. I mean, and I get it. It mm-hmm. just, it just, it just, it's just a, a, a sign of the times where things are very much different. You know, so uh, how do we get to how do we get to there? How do you get to the to get to that? I don't know. Let's go back to hate speech. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just we just meandered. Where the hell we how the hell we got to that? I well, have no I think idea. It, I think it's just the changing landscape of our culture. So uh, oh, that we're much more tolerant now of different viewpoints and different. Yeah, that's that's how to, we got to that uh, to a degree. Right. To a degree. Tolerance is, well, put another way, tolerance is always okay. Intolerance is never okay. Right. Um, yeah, it's funny to sit there and say we are more to- tolerant, but, yeah, we're all tolerant of our own point of view. Right, right. And that's, you know, when it comes to, I guess, hate crimes, and uh, if a murder is uh, labeled a hate crime. Well, what murder isn't? Well, well, well no, it, it could be. You know, you, no, you could have like a like a mafia hit to go. Hey, I got nothing against you, man. I don't hate you. You're probably a perfectly fine guy, but you're. I'm doing, what I was <laughs> I got. I always got a kick out of the. You know, when you watch the news and they go, it was an execution style. There's a style. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I thought I was. I wasn't sure how to do them. I didn't. I didn't know if I was going to just knock them off normal. But I said I'm going to go with the execution style. <laughs> we have a horrible story that came out in Albuquerque this week. Um, a 15 year old boy was picked up by friends, and the friends um, beat the snot out of him in the car, and then apparently threw him out of the car in the middle of nowhere, i.e., my neighborhood, and shot him three times. Just. Because they were bored on a Friday night or something. What the hell was um, that? There was some uh, some alleged longstanding argument. Golly. And, uh, I mean, so in, in you know, in light of scary stuff like that, you know, you think, what are we mm. doing? Uh, what are we doing as a country? And how are video games? What have you? So, yeah, it's well. I, we had a conversation in the, at the house um, recently because my uh, my grandson was uh, the, the, it was a note sent home about um, uh, about his uh, I, I guess he had he had punched his best friend. Well, the reality, what, what the re- they're best friends. They are, I mean, little four-year-olds, they've been best friends since they were one. Mm-hmm. And the answer was, they were playing zombie. Oh. You know, when I was a kid. It's, right. They just, just, what, that's not going to happen. It's just like, you're going to call home because of the. Right. You know, at what point is it too much? We got a little, we have a, you know, we have a question from our friend Rex. Oh. Oh, yay, Rex. I'll see what, you, could, you just start talking, and I'll see what Rex is telling okay. me. Okay. I think, um, you know, it, it, people go back and back to parenting and early childhood intervention and all that good stuff. Uh, I think really curating what your kids are exposed to, to a degree. One, you at a certain point, you have to let your kid go on Facebook, right? 
Uh, I think it's the law now. Yeah, it's the law. No, but you you need to be realistic because um, kids have smartphones. Kids are texting. Um, it's created a whole new way to bully kids and be cruel to be kids. But that doesn't mean that parents um, aren't smart enough to combat that. Right, right. Um, it is a much scarier time to be a, a, a young person than it was before. Let me read you what uh, what Rex had to say. Um, the old saying is, don't shoot me, I'm just the messenger in this day and age. The media, whatever that is, and media is a broad range of things anyway, the media becomes a scapegoat to many folks trying to deflect blame to a common enemy rather than accept the finger pointing and offering an ex- explanation for their case. In other words, I know I'll blame the media. Thoughts? The mainstream media yeah. or the far right wing media or the liberal media. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The media. The media. That's right. Um, well, I don't know. Um, I'm perfectly willing to blame the media. Doggone it. Um, and I, I think folks, though, need to understand the business of media. And the business of media is to sell advertising. Right. And Why? to have sponsors. And that yeah. is how they make money. And they buy getting more viewers, they get more advertisers. So the media are playing to draw the biggest audience. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, so, so what we find is the individual who goes into journalism, um, let's say, you know, they aren't thinking in those terms. It, mm-hmm. It's the big corporate level where those, where those thoughts come in, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, you know, it's it, to, to, to go into um, uh, media, particularly news uh, with the idea of, of, of telling good stories and doing important things. I had a friend, <clears throat> two, well, two people actually, but one specifically worked for me at, uh, as an instructor at the defense information school. And he went into television news and uh, he, he lasted about seven years. He said, I couldn't take it anymore. You know, sending me, you know, sending me to the to the grieving widow's door, knocking on the door and all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, because it gets the right, it gets the audience. He says, it just I just it wasn't what I thought it was going to be, mm-hmm. you know, um, but indeed it sells. And what's what's going back to the White House executive order and free speech. What um, I find continually fascinating is how beautifully and constantly and uh, uh, relentlessly uh, this president manipulates the media. Well, he's very good at it. He is fantastic yeah, at it. Yeah, yeah. Someone should give him some credit for that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because um, he gets, he he controls almost every news cycle. Right. Uh, and, and it's all, you, you can almost see him thinking, oh, I hadn't really thought of anything for a day. Okay, let me tweet this. You're right. Yeah. Well, because, you know, it's it's this sounds to me like, I wonder if at the end of the day, it doesn't happen, but we at the end of the day, you know, it's like it's like that cartoon with the with the sheepdog and the and the wolf or whatever it is or the fox. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, at the end, they check out. At the end they, of the day, they and they're buddies. Out and they're they friends. Clock, yeah, yes. so that's because because you know it is they're they're supporting each other in this uh, so much. It's not like the old days when it was uh, Tip O'Neill and, and Ronald Reagan when they would you know fight all day, fight during the day, and then in, in the evening sit down and have a scotch together. Right. You know. Right. But right. boy, whatever happened to those days? No kidding. Well, uh, Rex, thanks for giving us uh, the question. I think we'll talk more about that after the break. Uh, you can drop us a note at brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com. Um, and uh, we'd love to have you join us for the last segment. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. 
good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program welcome back to the brand ambassadors gary potterfield Merritt hamilton allen uh, we've been talking free speech uh, just before the end of the last segment, and we got we got a note from uh, from Rex, who's talking about uh, the blame the media idea, and and how pervasive that seems to be. And then we wrapped up kind of with the idea about that you know there used to be civility at least. It's okay. It was okay, you know, for, for there to be uh, you know the media against the president, let's say. But at the end of the day, it, it was it was there was still civility. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't seem to exist much anymore at all. It's and you, I was, you know, you you've been through the political process yourself, and it hasn't been fun. So even among politicians, you know, I'd mentioned before the end of the break about the fact that at the end of the day, Tip O'Neill and Ronald Reagan would have a drink together at the, after fighting all day. Um, that's gone, isn't it? Uh, to, to some degree, I think so. I mean, I, I actually see one one element of it, and that is. Um, plucky uh, New Mexico public television and our uh, New Mexico in Focus show. Uh, uh, I've been a a panelist for almost five years now, and it's so enjoyable because they um, try and balance uh, two liberals, two conservatives, and it's a conversation, and we don't interrupt each other, and we listen, and we disagree, and then we tell jokes during the break. Um, 
nicer jokes than what you and Aaron were telling. But uh, we tell jokes during the break. And I really look forward to that because in in some cases, I get facts that change my point of view. I was very against a... um, uh, a gun bill that passed by the, that passed the legislature, and uh, my liberal coal panelist said, "Well, Mary, you need to understand this isn't for family transfers. That got taken out. They amended the bill and made it better." I'm like, "Oh, well, I hate it less." <laughs> right, right, but, right. But you know that I, you know I appreciate. I'm I, I like being corrected and finding out that maybe something isn't as dire and awful as it is, and so I don't have to. Uh, get all up in arms about it. Now you were now it's a PBS show, right? So uh, there, you know there 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 isn't a producer saying we need more fireworks, right? You know, right? And that, I mean, is it possible to have a show that is sober? And um, maybe maybe no, maybe we don't want a show that's sober. Maybe we want to sit there and have a few drinks and relax. But at any rate, uh, you know, can you have those kind of programs where it's okay to sit there? And go, yeah, I, I disagree with you, but. You know, we're, we're, we're friends. I, I will say that's been very satisfying to me, particularly um, after dipping my toe into uh, the political pool, because uh, as I, I've said before, I found out that as a, um, uh, a patriot, a veteran, a gun owner, a Catholic and a business owner, uh, according to my opponent, I'm somewhat to the left of Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so, right. so everything has to be complete opposition. And I, you know, I think the example is the Black Lives Matter movement. And because to me that um, was fairly important because it it is a fact. People of color are shot more by law enforcement than whites, right? Right, right, right. And the reaction isn't, um, was blue lives matter. Well, what, what about our police? Well, why can't we want our police to be safe and citizens to not be shot? That's a good comment. And I'm if, for it. Yeah, and if specifically if um, uh, we're shooting, <laughs> if civilians being shot are, are disproportionately from one ethnic group, shouldn't we be concerned about that? Mm, right, right. Why, why, why can't both sides be right? Um, I, I, because that's just not the way it works. If you want, it's about winning. It, yeah, it's about winning. It's not about right and wrong. By any means necessary. Yeah, sadly. And that's that's where I get frustrated by the free speech. Uh, element is I I believe in free speech. Uh, I believe in people saying disagreeable things. Um, I do not agree with deliberately spreading lies. But that is free speech. Yeah. So the question, you, you don't agree with deliberate. I don't either, but you know, it's legal. Yeah. Should should we prohibit it? That's no. the, yeah. That's no. the problem. You know, no. yeah. You could go, what a jerk. What the, you know, why, why, why are we, you know, it, you know the 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 uh, um, the cure is is worse than the disease. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know where we're going to go with that. So, um, but we have polite polite discourse on this little show here of ours, don't we? We sure do. We do. We do. We it's, should. We should. Our producer should say whoever that is should say uh, we need more more fireworks. Let's say something <laughs> we don't. Let's say something we just completely don't agree with each other on. Uh, well, there's got to be something. Anyway, well, you got like five minutes left, Merritt. Oh, that's four cool. minutes. Oh, hey, that's cool. I can I can free speech all day. Yeah, that's right. Let's more free speech. Say something. Say something that uh, that I can really get upset about. <laughs> well, I, again, I think it's um, uh, and you see how uh, foreign countries are. Uh, getting involved in our political dialogue and steering certain uh, constituencies to very extreme views. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and that's very worrying. Well, 
Yes, but we're not innocent either. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's just, it is, the world's gotten pretty tiny. Exactly. And and I, I have to say, um, I do feel uh, that putting all the blame on Facebook, putting all the blame on Mark Zuckerberg, he built something uh, that the world wanted. Right. And the world loves, and it helps, it helps shape the worldview. I don't think anyone could have predicted this. No. It, well, I mean, so many things. You know, if you go back 10 years ago, just that the world has just dramatically changed with, with him in the social media, with, the, with Apple and, this, and, this, and the you know, invention of the smartphone. Um, it, nothing's the same anymore. There you are on your little iPad, right? Mm-hmm. See, your little smartphone, your smart device. I got my little, you know, it's, and, and, uh, but I, you know, you continue to, um, um, every day do the, do the thing you, you do, which is to go on, you know, you go on social media and you make posts and you do your thing. I have a hard time. I still have a hard time getting on because it's, it's getting harder for me than easier. Um, because, um, anyway, but people uh, like you, Gary, they want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I mean, then again, we got to keep some clients. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just that you go on there and you're just like, oh my gosh. It's just hard for me sometimes to look because mm-hmm. it's just, I find it so dis- uh, discouraging. Do you, th- do you think that's something that should be taught in schools, um, social media etiquette? You know, we used to learn how to write a business letter. <clears throat> oh, my God. Should we teach people how to write a business email? Should we teach people um, uh, how to uh, manage uh, their online persona? I kind of well, think if, if, if we were teaching kids how to write a business letter. At what, le- at what level do you do that? I mean, because Eighth what? grade. Eighth grade. Okay. Because I tell you what, I mean, what the, it's... Um, well, we could go way off and do another. Yeah, but let's think about the writing that kids are actually going to do, and why are and are we teaching them to move toward that? Right. Um, well, that goes back to what what should they teach in school, and um, you know, your view what what the kids should learn in school may be different than my view because it goes back to your Department of Education thing. I mean, so it, I get the the state is better than the feds, but the local is better than the state. You know, in some cases, yeah. You, yeah. My, You're New Mexico. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. And well, no, in my, in my hometown, um, there are two school districts. There's Cobre. There's Silver. Cobre constantly, continually, for decades, outperforms Silver. Um, each school district has a single high school. Would it make more sense to merge the two? Sorry, Silver Consolidated Schools. You're going to hate me for this, but wouldn't it make more sense to merge the two and keep the leadership? Of the successful school system, doesn't that seem like a much better idea? Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Doesn't matter. We're out of time. Oh, well, are we? Aren't we? Well, we're right here. We're seconds. right here. Okay, we're right here. So we have twenty seconds. I got left. this like big clock on my computer. I know, but I never I mean, know when the hard wrap is. Is it fifty-eight or fifty-seven? It's about now. Oh, it's about. It's now. in the neighborhood of now. <sighs> Okay. See, next week, Aaron says that we have twenty seconds, so you can you, yap all you want. Next, next week on the brand ambassadors, the time space continuum and my place in it. <laughs> yes. Okay. Come back and join right us. Right now, we got the time space. Stop them. All right. For Gary Potterfield, I'm Merritt Hamilton Allen. Thanks so much. Thank you for tuning in this week to the brand ambassadors. Please join Merritt Hamilton Allen and Gary Potterfield for another edition next Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.